Hey guys, Joshua Miller here. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. It doesn't cost a thing to download. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Podcast, and many, many more. It automatically will send them to those. You can make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You don't have to click and drag from one to another and have several open and use it. It's all in one place for you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks. Have a great day. I hope you're having a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to today's segment. This segment is part of the series, The Acts of the Holy Ghost, based in the book of Acts. It is a series that we are going through at Victory Baptist Church. I hope you enjoy. Let's pray together real quick. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us today. I pray, Lord, that you would use this uh, segment here, this message here, Lord, to touch those around us, touch those in need, and help us spiritually to grow and to live for you and to be good examples and good followers of Christ that we should be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good evening, everybody. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. Hope you had a good afternoon. I actually got a nap in today. <laughs> I did. Me and Julia took a nap on the couch. Sent Colton and Katie next door. Jackie took a nap in the bedroom, so it was good. Thank the Lord for that. <laughs> it was good. I haven't had a nap in a long time. <sighs> anyway. Acts chapter 4. Better enjoy naps. I don't think I'll get very many here pretty soon. <laughs> this morning we looked at Acts chapter 3. We looked at the uh, the lame man. And we remember we always remember that text by the Peter and John. As silver and gold have I none. And we remember exactly what took place there. There was an amazing thing that took place that only could have only could have happened with the Holy Spirit moving and making his presence known through the, the disciples. And we thank the Lord for that, that we have that, we that account that we can look at and see. And I hope it encouraged you as well about about the power of the the Holy Spirit in us as well that, that the Holy Spirit he's, he's he's still alive and well I thank God for that so he continues here this the uh, the story this account hasn't finished it keeps going it overflows in the chapter four we see the uh, I guess you could call it the back the backlash that Paul and John get for preaching the word. And we'll see that some, we saw that others were amazed back in chapter 3, verse 9. 
And it says they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him to the lame man. And they, were, they marveled and it, it was an amazing thing. If, if we could only be there to see this man we knew from birth was lame and then we saw him before our eyes get up and start walking. The only thing we could do would be to, to praise God for what he did. It would be an amazing thing. But there were some that weren't so happy about this. And we need to... We'll look at that in a minute, though. The, uh, well, verse 1. Let's look at verse 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. All right, so we ran into it already. We're the... Uh, we see the wonderful things of the Holy Spirit, what He's done, and now we've already got people uh, upset about it. The uh, priest, captain of the temple, the Sadducees, be, were grieved that they taught the people through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. He says, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men were about 5,000. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us and what you've given us. Thank you again for the, the opportunity we have to be in your house, be able to study your word. I pray that you would bless each one that is here. I pray that we would be receptive to your word and apply it to our lives at home, at work, at wherever we are, Lord, I pray that we'd be careful to follow you and to be a, a good example for you. I pray that you give me the clear thoughts and clear speech to present your word according to your will. And we give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So I saw this wonderful miracle, and there were everyone around that had witnessed it was amazed and was in awe of the power of God. And then we see a couple, we see, and we just notice a lot of the priests and the Sadducees were there. They, uh, they taught the, their emphasis was the customs and the traditions. And you had to follow the traditions and the customs to a T to be right with God. And you had to follow this, follow this, sacrifice here, sacrifice this here. When Christ came and he he eliminated that because of his shed blood. Remember on the cross, the veil was torn between and rent in half between the holies and holies. And we were able to then, because of Jesus Christ, being able, being able to reach God through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. But these Sadducees, they wanted to keep people under the traditions and the, the customs. They weren't very happy that these... This, these two men were teaching something different and they were turning people away from them. They were turning, turning them to God, to the, the God that the Pharisees, the Sadducees were supposed to be following, right? But they weren't. But they were agreed that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They try, they, if you'll go back to the New Testament, or to the Gospels, you'll see that the the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the priests tried to, they created, when they found out that Jesus resurrected, 
they knew that the disciples didn't take his body out of the grave and roll that stone away. They knew that didn't happen. So they created a lie to try to cover it up and, and said, told these, these soldiers that were there and saw it happen, said, okay, say this instead and say this happened and spread this everywhere. And that's what they did. And so they were trying to do here, they were trying to discourage Peter and John from teaching the gospel. So in spite of them taking Peter and John, verse 4 says, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men were about 5,000. Just think about that for a minute. We looked at earlier, there was 3,000 men gave their heart to the Lord at Pentecost. And then because of this miracle of healing the lame man, we have 5,000 men gave their heart to the Lord. And you see why we can see that how the Holy Ghost, we say, catapulted the gospel. It was 15 languages they spoke in. They, they led 3,000 men. That wasn't, there was more than just those there, but 3,000 men gave their heart to the Lord. Then here the next we see 5,000 men gave their heart to the Lord. And that would be an amazing time. And it's, it's, uh, just think about the power, the Holy Spirit just going over and, and taking over, taking control. And He can still do the same today. He can still do the same here. He can still do it here in Inman, in Boiling Springs. He could do it in Spartanburg. He's, he's has, he's not, he doesn't have his hands tied behind his back. He's waiting for us to surrender that, surrender to that point where He'll work and He'll manifest Himself in that way. But they had some opposition. I know we'll have some opposition too, but that, because we have opposition doesn't mean we stop spreading the gospel. Because we have someone come and say, hey, you shouldn't do that, or I don't like you saying that, doesn't mean we stop. We keep pressing forward. Verse 5. It says, And it came to pass on the, the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander... <coughs> And as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Notice verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. You notice back up in verse 2, that's why they were grieved. The Sadducees and the priests were grieved is because they taught the people and preach through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Did Peter hold back? He didn't hold back. He was still bold. It says he was full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He preached it anyways. He said, ye rulers. He addressed the rulers and elders of Israel. He said, pay attention. He didn't back down one bit. Be it known unto you all to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. There was, 
it was clearly by no other power could it have been done. It wasn't by Peter, it wasn't by John, it wasn't by any other man, but it was by the Holy Ghost. Amen. That this power, this happened, this miracle happened. It was a miracle. And because of this miracle, there were thousands led to the Lord because, there, because of Peter's and John's example and obedience to the Holy Ghost. They led 5,000 men to the Lord at this time. Now there was opposition, but I, I think winning souls was a, was a little more important than having opposition and being worried about pressure, right? So he continues to explain here in verse 11. He says, This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And we go back, I'll go to... Uh, Isaiah 28 and verse, verse 15. Six, let's see. Yeah, let's start at 15. It says, Because you have said we have made a covenant with death and with hell, and are, are we at agreement when the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come to us. For we have made, made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. It says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. We see there in verse 16, this is what Peter was referring to. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. And when you're building, you want it square. That's as you're setting a foundation, it has to be square. It has to be level. It has to be perfect for the rest of the building, the body of that structure to be right. The cornerstone has to be right. And Jesus was the of course the perfect one, the right one for the job. Says, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. The builders being the elders of Israel, being the priests, the Sadducees, they cast it aside. Oh, this isn't worth worthy of being used. This is not the one. This isn't he. We don't need him. They, they tried to cast him out. We see that he, they uh, crucified him on the cross. We had seen earlier, Peter mentioned that Pilate tried to stop him and tried to <clears throat> hinder him from doing it, but he ended up doing it and they asked for a murderer instead. But they cast out the only cornerstone that would have worked. They tried to do it on their, their uh, status. They tried doing it on their, their traditions, their customs, and expecting this to save their soul, which we know that had, that is inferior the only thing that, that will save our soul and redeem us from the, the sins that we've committed is Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen. He said, This stone was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, 
they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. It was obvious that they'd been with Jesus. I hope we can say that about ourselves that when someone sees us that it's obvious that we've been with Jesus. Amen? Amen. I hope that someone can look at us and see Jesus, see the, the Holy Spirit working in our lives because we, we don't do things the same as everyone else does around us. We, we make sure to, to please our Father, our Heavenly Father. We, please, we desire to honor Jesus, honor our Savior. He gave all. He gave everything for us so that we could live. And it, He was the only one that could do it. He was the, that cornerstone, the only one that could fix it to make it right. He says, verse 12, Peter said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It wasn't in the Sadducees. It wasn't in the Pharisees. It wasn't in the priests. It wasn't in the blood sacrifices. It was in the sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Those all, the traditions they had pointed to Christ. They pointed to him as the ultimate savior. We know that the sacrifices, when the, the law and the Moses, when God has set up the temple, that they just rolled back the sin for a season. They would push away the sin and you would be relieved for a little while. And then the next time you sin, that sin would come back onto your shoulders and weigh you down again. You would be grieved and you would be uh, burdened by those trespasses and then you'd go and make sacrifices to roll them off again but in Jesus Christ his shed blood on the cross and we go to him for remissions of sins it blew all the sins away and blotted all of my sins out forever he says he casted the sins as far as the east is from the west to remember them no more our past sins that have been forgiven are never brought up again, never come back through the power of Jesus Christ. Verse four, he says, verse 14, And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. There was nothing that they could do because it was obvious that this was a... He said, you go back to verse 7. They put Peter and John in the middle to get some answers out of them, and they say, by what power, by what name have you done this? I don't know why they even asked that, because it was obvious by what power. Amen. It was the Holy Ghost. It was the, through the, the Son of God. So by this time, they could, they said, well, we can't do anything with this. Verse 14, it says, And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. They were saying that all of Jerusalem knew what happened, knew this, this, this was a miracle. This wasn't something that they could hide. They saw it. All of Jerusalem could see and cannot deny that this has happened. This lame man became whole. And they knew it was not by men that this was done. <coughs> and verse 18, it says, And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus Christ. 
they would they were try trying to get a handle on things, I guess. Verse 19 says, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which have been, which have seen and heard. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So what Peter and John has seen firsthand the power of God has seen the Holy Spirit work. They themselves were, be, were full of the Holy Ghost here. And we see the, the Holy Ghost moving, making, uh, performing miracles, using them to spread the gospel even further. At this point, there is no way that they could turn back and, and turn their back on God at this point. They're, there's no way I'm going to do it, he says. He said this. He said, whether it be better to obey you or obey God, you judge. So we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to obey him. And I hope we can do that. If we will come up to a, we have a, he, we, myself, I can say, I have not been persecuted for preaching the word of God. I can we can freely come to the house of the Lord and we can teach the word of God. We can declare his name wherever we go. And we praise the Lord for that. And we should take advantage that we can so that we're ready when the persecution comes, we don't back down and don't quit. Because we start having to, to fight for the Lord, to fight for what's right, and we need to. We Look at our country, what the turmoil it's in right now. We need to stand up for what's right, stand up for the Lord and be bold as Peter and John, no matter what the opposition is. We need to stand up. I pray that we can be found in the same position. Verse 20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I think we've seen enough of the Lord work in our lives that we can't back down, right? We've seen people healed, healed of cancer. We've seen the Lord work and move, and we thought He couldn't pull us out. Nothing else. It wouldn't get any worse, and then the Lord has pulled us out. He's helped us through. He's promised never to leave us or forsake us. Uh, it is apparent that the, the Lord, His work, His presence is here among us, and we need to share it. So verse 21 says, So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was shown. <laughs> it was, he was 40 years old. Over 40 years old, he had been sitting there at the gate of beautiful close to 40 years. I don't think he was sitting there that long when he was a baby, but since he had been a man and sitting there for years and years and years. And so everyone in Jerusalem knew this man is lame. They knew this man cannot walk. He's been here for years, sitting here. Grown man can't walk. He's lame. And then they saw the power of the Holy Ghost 
performed this miracle that made him able to walk, made him get up, stand up, walk. He went walking and leaping and praising God and started sharing, praising the Lord, and he didn't care who heard him. The, so I hope that we would get to, get to that point, to verse 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And no matter what the opposition, Peter and John, they've, I think they had decided already no matter what happened, they were going to serve the Lord. We'll see more of the persecutions. It'll start as we get deeper and deeper into Acts. We'll see the, as we look at the accounts, we'll see the, the persecution that arises. We'll see some the opposition come. We see the devil working and trying to make them stop, trying to get them to quit. But even the devil knows he can't stop the Lord. He can't stop the Holy Ghost. And he can't stop any of us that are surrendered to him and obedient and, to, and live for him and serve him at every moment. I thank God for that. Thank God for the the work, the Holy Spirit. Uh, so I encourage you to keep reading. I'm not, we'll be in Acts. I said we'll be in it for a little while, a little mini-series. And we pray that the Lord will work, the Holy Spirit will move, will liven us and quicken us in the Word and help us to be more bold in Christ and not back down when we have some opposition we have the devil come our way pray we will trust God resist the devil because it's promised if we trust God first then resist the devil he will flee from us I think it's misquoted a lot of times it's quoted resist the devil and he'll flee from us but there's the first the first thing we have to do is trust God I mean surrender to him submit to him put our faith in him and God and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, trust God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We're in Christ. The devil can only, pretty much at this point, he can just whisper things to us and try to discourage us, try to get us down. Because we've got a blockade around us, the Holy Spirit and his power. And the devil has... Is pretty much useless uh, against that, isn't he? Uh, he tries to, the only thing he can do is put a little bug in our ear to discourage us and get us to quit. We won't let that happen. we got to stand up. Stand up for the Lord. Stand up and uh, be bold in Christ. Do you have any uh, comments tonight on what we've so far?